You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight, we're talking about Star Wars, Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Our dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. The middle children of history, man. No purpose, no place. We have no great war. No great depression. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian. With me tonight is Jeremy Benson. Hello. And we're talking Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. A lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation for this film, a lot of people's uh, must-see film of the year. I would say so, if you saw the box office numbers. Yeah, yeah. Something awoke. It looks like it's probably going to be the number one movie of all time domestically. We'll wait and see about worldwide. Is it opened in China yet? Uh, it has not, but China's not really big into Star Wars. The movie's actually just open. I was reading, like, uh, not too terribly long ago in China. Like, less than five years ago, they released the three original films. And, uh, yeah, they did not they did not do stellar, which is surprising. Because you think a movie like that would be huge in China. Because, I mean, the, man, they're gigantic in Japan. You know? Different cultures, I know. I'm, like, stereotyping all Asians here. <laughs> Well, if one Asian country likes it, another one will too. I mean, shit. Well, I think Disney is definitely going to be happy with their returns on this. Yeah, and it seems like um, overall most of the fans are digging it. It looks like it's getting hot praise. I haven't really read a lot of fan reviews. I just talk to people. Well, yeah, I've talked to people. I've read, you know, read some stuff. The IMDb message board, which is uh, which is always fun to read. What was the interesting comments on the message board? Oh, uh. There's there's a bunch of there was a bunch of articles about the Ray character that I was reading, and uh, is she a Mary Sue or not? Nah, it comes across a little bit. You know, I can see that argument. Like, seriously, why are we even having that argument? Like we went through the '80s where that like we had the male versions of the Mary Sue and fucking Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Like, why is that a problem if it's with the female? I mean, like, wasn't Luke that? Like, oh no, Luke! Luke had his—he—he he got saved constantly. It was like Luke won by screwing up. Yeah, I mean, he had some bad things happen to him, but Ray had some bad things happen to her. Yeah, you but know? she never has to be saved. She saves herself constantly. Does Luke have to be saved? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, in in the first one, does he? Does he uh, really have to be saved? Remember Han Solo showing up right at the end and taking Vader out so he can take the shot in the Death Star. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know. You owe me one, kid. Uh, he was going up against Darth Vader, you know? He kind of needs some help there. Well, I mean, that's, that's that's kind of people's point on Rey, that she never, she never had that moment where somebody else had to help her out. 
No, I understand, but you know, I'm okay with that. In today in today's action world, I'm kind of okay with that. Like it's just like a Mad Max, like you know, what what can Mad Max not do wrong? Like he is just a perfect well, killing even, machine. Well, even at the beginning of the Mad Max movie, Fury Road, he's captured and is held prisoner and has to escape. Like does he? No, he doesn't need help to escape. He got out of that car, dude, just fine. He was going to take that other one off. She, I'm just saying that. I, I'm not saying I agree with the argument. I'm just saying it, it is a valid point that they, they have every right to make. I don't I don't think it's 100% valid. I mean, like, if you're going with action heroes, like how many times did Arnold Schwarzenegger play this role? He doesn't need a lot of help in, the, in Terminator 2, if any at all. <laughs> uh, granted, he's a robot. Not fair comparison. <laughs> not, like, a, not a fair comparison. Rambo. Like, let's take Rambo, for example. Like, Rambo, First Blood Part 2, Sylvester Stallone just goes into the... <laughs> and gets kid, gets captured, tortured. But, dude, he's taken on then, an entire army, and he has and then very has little to problem. And has to escape. Well, yeah. There was some know. help there. <laughs> nah, I don't know. I think, I think, it's, a, I think it's a little bit of a, of a complaint. I do have some problems with her being a little... She's a little overcompetent. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess we should go ahead. Let's let's go ahead and put out a spoiler warning right now. If you haven't, the movie's made six hundred and fifty million dollars domestically. I know there's some people that still have not seen this movie. They yet. are not going to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> you should not listen to this until you have seen the movie. That is for sure. Because we are going to tell. We're just, I think we're going to go into everything about this film. There's so much to talk about here. So I guess let's just let's just go ahead and, and get into it, man. Who are you? I'm no one. I was raised to do one thing. But I've got nothing to fight for. Nothing will stand in our way. What you started. There are stories about what happened. It's true. The scene when Luke dies. <laughs> Wait, that didn't happen. What movie did you watch? Oh, what? that was the wrong movie. <laughs> Were you watching episode eight over here? Come on. Wait, that's out already? Although I was interested, the rumor that hit the other day that Han Solo, or Harrison Ford has signed on to do episode eight. 
Yeah, yeah. I think he's coming uh, coming back to do some kind of like flashback moments or something like that. Is what I was what I was hearing. What we're guessing. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's coming back as a Force ghost because he wasn't a not. Jedi. I hope not. Although I'd be okay with Ghost Harrison Ford showing up. Just be like, <laughs> hey, everyone's a ghost now. What's up? <laughs> I'm married into the Skywalker family, guys. Come on. Come on. Uh, did they get married or did they just like have some Ill- illegitimate children? I don't know. That's never really said. I don't know. Okay, so let's, let's go into this. I know you've seen this more than once now. Yes. And in fact, we were going to put this podcast out earlier, but after watching it the first time, Brian needed to see it again. I, w- I needed to see it again? I think you said you needed to see it again. No, I think you needed to see it again. I think the exact quote was, dude, the movie's not as bad as you're, you're acting. It's not bad. I did have some problems with this you, film you, you coming You came out. out pretty pissed after the first screening. Well, I wasn't pissed. I was just like, you know, it wasn't perfect. It emotionally angered, maybe? Well, they did some things of first viewing. Um, some very important universe-affecting changes occur. That are not handled 100% perfect, and I, yes, as a fan, um, I mean, as storytelling-wise, I think they were fine, but as a fan and, and having so much time between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, and having so much attachment to these characters, you know, there's going to be that. And man, I feel really bad for J.J. Abrams just having the fucking task of making this movie. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it. No, overall, I thought the movie was a lot of fun. I mean, I, it has its problems, if you want to be honest, and not just be a fan. I've seen the movie as a fan a lot. I think I've seen it three or four times now, and I enjoy it every time I go to see it. But the initial problems I had the first time I saw it still exist. I just, I'm just able to overlook them now. Yeah, that's kind of how I am. Like, every time I've seen it, I've seen it about five times now, and every time I've seen it, the problems have, have actually lessened for me, but the fun moments are still there. They're still fun. I still get that excitement. I still get that Star Wars enthusiasm. Actually, probably more so. The third time I saw it, it really just clicked with me. I, don't, I wouldn't say that the problems are less there. I just care less. They're, they still bother me just as much, but I left the movie the first night feeling like I had a lot of fun at the movie. When I think about, when I focus on the problems I have with the film, then I still get kind of, why did, but I've heard some interesting stuff and knowing like the process of filmmaking and stuff, like hearing J.J. Abrams talk about, you know, up until they started shooting, they were trying to get Luke involved. If you haven't seen the movie, Luke shows up at the last like shot of the movie. The entire movie is... There's sort of an ongoing, we got to go find Luke Skywalker. Yeah, they set it up right away in the opening scroll. Yeah, and it's not resolved until the very end. And J.J. said that they were running into the problem of every time they would introduce Luke Skywalker into the story, he would take over the story, and you didn't care about Rey anymore. And they didn't want to do that since Rey's going to be the protagonist of this trilogy. They needed to keep the attention on her, so they ended up just pushing him back and back and back until he's finally just the last shot. You know, I think that was the the right call, man, because when that last shot hits, and man, freaking Luke Skywalker, looking like a straight-up badass with that beard and that fucking robe, turns around with his robot hand. He didn't even say anything. He just looked off camera just a little bit. Got a little tear in his eye. I was like, all right, I'm sold. 
I'm sold. I'm I am ready to see episode eight. I'm ready to see the <laughs> adventures of Luke Skywalker and Ray, and I'm ready to see some training. I'm let's do it. I'm let's go. Let's do it. I am down for this. I really like the new characters though. Yeah, really that's, them. That was JJ's point was that he he didn't want to lose that momentum with the new characters, so he kept having to push Luke back, 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 back. Um, which you know that totally makes sense when you think about what he was trying to set up. You know, when you're trying to set up a, a trilogy with a character like Luke Skywalker, who we all know, if you haven't watched the original trilogy, then you're not really going to get it. But Yeah, it would be pretty bad if you like walked into this movie never seeing the, the first three. No, I, I have met some people that were going to see it that, that said they have not seen the first three. Wow. I, man, that, I get that emotional impact that you would have from that shot would be completely gone. You'd oh, be like, yeah. oh, who's that guy? Oh, is that that Luke guy? He doesn't look so badass. He's just an old dude with a beard and a robe. Because they don't say his name. He just turns around and you're like, oh, hey, look, that's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. He's like the famous Jedi. All right, so new characters. Uh, what, what did you think of, of Rey, Mrs. Daisy Riley? I thought she did a good job. Man. I can see the point where she she's never really in trouble that she can't handle. But at the same time, I think it was you that made the analogy to the King Arthur and the Sword and the Stone. Um, it felt like they were very much going with that sort of mythology of... Yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah. Especially like when they invoke the... Uh, there's a scene later on in the movie where they have that huge lightsaber battle between... Which is one of my favorite lightsaber battles. Yeah, now. Kylo Ren and, and Rey. I think it may, may rank right under Empire's lightsaber battle. Yeah. I, I think I would put that at number two or three. I don't. It may fall under Jedi, but it it may fall. I gotta I gotta I gotta, I gotta see a couple more times before I'm able to make that uh, make that. It's definitely that finalization. It's there. definitely better than the lightsaber battles in the prequels, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I yes, because it's not it just more. Flash, and I love the. If you haven't seen it, there's you should because they're like when they swing the lightsabers and it hits like trees and stuff. Trees get cut down and. Uh, I was watching like some interviews with J.J. Abrams. Apparently, they built lightsabers that actually glowed the color of whatever lightsaber they had. Yeah, and that would spark when they hit each other, so that it would look more realistic when they rotoed out and put the lightsaber in. Well, I think you really see that. There's that awesome shot where her and Kylo Ren lock lightsabers. Yeah, and you get that awesome close-up of her, and you can see the cross of lightsabers yeah. in her eyes. Oh my gosh! I was just like, you can love see it that in visual. his eye too. Yeah, it's like, man, that's such a good visual. I don't have a problem with her character so much being overpowered. As specifically, my problem with the Ray character is, I'm okay with her. I don't like how she can just use the Force. Well, that's part of the what the whole like thing is. Like, I don't like that. Um, instead of having to be, you know trained to use the force she just naturally knows it yeah like um, any like you can just call upon the force and yeah, i feel like I they, mean, they I, make that point in the movie where even han solo is like that's not how it works <laughs> and they you know it's a big laugh moment but it's like yeah dude he's right that is not how that works well i mean it goes back to the original teaser the force is strong in my family my father had it i have it my sister has it and you have it. So you think Ray is Skywalker's daughter? 
No, I I think she's I still think she's Han and Leia's daughter, personally. I mean, I really hope she's not related to anybody. I know you do. I really hope that like uh, I, that's just I feel like we've been down this road so many times. For a while I've heard a couple of spoilers that everything else this person told me was in the movie except for that Han and Leia had a daughter, which was Kylo's younger sister that they were told she died during the Battle of Jakku. And as far as they know, she's been dead. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad they cut that. Because I tell you what, if I got hit with that information all in one film, I'd just be like, man, Han and Leia, you guys are the worst parents ever. Like, Well, they, thought, they think she's worst. dead. I don't and care, man. I don't care. You're, just gonna, you're not going to see your kid's body. You're just going to be like, someone's going to come up to you and be like, hey, your kid, they died. And you're going to be like, oh, okay. Terrible parent. This is a movie. Like this isn't reality. Well, you You're know, not going to be like, oh, that well, sucks. And cry. Some, I, I, you don't know how she may have supposedly died if she was blown up in a spaceship. Then I'm saying, unless they saw the body. I'm just saying, there's it's, not much you can. You know, if you if you were told that, hey, your buddy just was blown up in that airplane, you're not going to go. I don't believe you. Show me the body, and you know, then people are where there's not a body, Brian. Well, come on. I'm just saying. Like, look, they already okay. So Kylo Ren is the son of. Han Solo and Princess, Princess Leia. Oh, sorry, General, General Leia. Ogano. <laughs> but she'll always be royalty to me. Yeah, and even that was kind of a clue to what my my source was saying. He sort of knew that that was Princess Leia's daughter, so he kind of helped raise her for a little while. She'll always be royalty to me. I mean, I guess, man. Um, I guess it goes back to okay. This so this comes around kind of really to my second problem. With but the, the now. Film. JJ did say that in in the interview I saw with him that he was talking about the you know the the Star Wars movies is basically he repeated what George Lucas said it's a soap soap opera about a family it's generations yeah. of this family and how they affect uh and then he went on to say that we left off Ray's lineage where she's from to let Ryan Johnson do his thing so Ryan Johnson may not keep what they originally were going to do I mean, it'd be a nice surprise to find out that she's not related to everybody. Because I feel like... I, I just feel don't like, see... How, I mean, watching the movie, I don't see how you can not think she's related. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it seems it seems very much that somehow she is a Skywalker. I mean, she's been dreaming about where Luke is. Yeah, they make that clear in the when he's reading her mind about the island. Yeah. And the, yeah. No, that's cool. I do like that uh, that scene where he's... So Kylo Ren can kind of force, force read. mind read, yeah, um, which is kind of hinted at in the in the other trilogy, where like you know like Vader's like like he mind reads like um, Luke, your sister, yeah, he he reads Luke's your sister. thoughts portray you, yeah, and uh, Yoda does it in like Episode One to Anakin and Yoda we never does see it. it in Yoda this. does it in Empire. We never see it in like an in a interrogational setting, right? That's never done. Um, I did like the interrogation droid <laughs> in the background, and on one of the viewings, I, you actually hear the, the little weird computer noise that they make. I thought that was a, a nice little throw into fans. Um, you know, the biggest criticism I, this movie is getting is that a lot of people are saying they remade Episode Four, Star Wars. Yeah, that I goes back hope. to my two big criticisms. There's that. I don't mind that one as much because in reality, if you look at Return of the Jedi, they remade Star Wars. Hey, there's a Death Star and we're going to go blow it up. 
No, I understand what you're saying. But here goes. It's, 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 it's a two-step problem for me. Yes, they're retreading ground, which I don't really mind. It's fun. That's it's, all I'm saying. It's I, fun ground. With that statement right there, I 100% agree with you. But what, Okay, the other problem that makes this a problem for me is that they call it out in the movie. And they make fun yes, of it. I agree with you. And that makes me call attention to like, oh, hey, yeah, this is just like episode four. <laughs> and it's like, it's, why it's, are you doing again, that? It's, it's not just like episode four. But no, but that's, it, when they it, call it out, they're right. calling out that, hey, this is episode four in the movie. And I don't enjoy that. Because you're, you're taking me out of the movie. You're making me think like, oh, You're hey, talking hey, about like is. when Han says, we can just blow it up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're like, hey, it's just like the Death Star. No, this one's bigger because this is a sequel, guys. Look, it's a whole planet. And it's just like, okay. Yeah, and see, to me, that, that comes across a little bit like, no, this is not like the Death Star. This is a, this is in a planet. We have other problems to deal with. And like Finn, when he's going through the bag trying to, trying to heal Chewie after Chewie gets shot and he pulls out the little remote. It's like, ah. And then they sit down and they have the little... Chess guys come up on the See, Millennium Falcon. See, that stuff Falcon. doesn't bother me at all. That's just sort of... It's just a little too much for me. It's a little too much callback. Like, I mean, it's like that, I mean... Two or three of those would have been fine. I mean, you know, when she touches the lightsaber, we see the hallway from Empire Strikes Back. Um, no, see, I'm okay with that, because that's like a vision. Oh. You know? And if you want to put little touches in there, like, there's a lot of stuff in there. Like, I, mean, see, I the missed thing, a lot of that. To me, like, the, the, the problem with the movie, I, and mainly my problems hang around Han Solo. I hate to say it because I love Han Solo. Really, I love Harrison Ford in this. I think I this do, is I like think, his do, 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 best do, do, performance yeah, he's given in a while. Don't don't get me wrong. His performance is great. Yeah, it's I what he was really the on the mark. Screenwriters did with Han Solo is what I have a problem with. What do you, explain. Um, and yeah, they explain it in the movie with, uh, you don't think we found you easily? We, the Millennium Falcon's got a tracker on it. Uh, I just thought it was kind of coincidental that. Han Solo was the one that finds them after they miraculously find the Millennium Falcon. There's a lot of there's a lot of that though in the movie. Yeah, and it's stuff like that that um I think you pointed out the night that you were kind of ranting about the movie after you first saw it <laughs> was that the steps that follow in in A New Hope and in Empire are all logically this makes sense we're going there. And on these they're like Oh, well, that's sort of coincidental. And, you know, even yeah. J.J. mentions... He, it's like, he, we need this to happen now. Right. It, it's it's what Scorsese would say when he says, don't let plot get in the way of your story. And even J.J. Yeah. admits that, like, R2 waking up at the end is very coincidental. Now, see, that was the one that... Oh, that kind of... I had, I still have a problem with that now. And yeah, he, he says he even had a problem with it, but he said he just didn't know where else to put it. It's really bad. It doesn't make any sense. Well, he explains it like this. This is how J.J. Abrams explains R2 waking up. All right, please. I am all ears. That he's in sleep mode. Okay. Or in yeah. coma mode, whatever they call it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, low yeah, power yeah. mode. Yeah, it's low power mode. Okay, the so the droid comes up, little BB-8 comes up to him and says, Hey, I've got this piece of information. Do you happen to have the other piece of information? And R2, who in in Star Wars hooks up to the Imperial computer, has downloaded all of the Imperial stuff. He has this on file, and he's searching his files the whole time. Just so happens to find what they're looking for, wake up and say, hey, I found it, right after Han Solo is killed and the end of the movie is about to happen. 
Look it up. That's JJ's explanation. He said that you're... So R2-D2 is such an old droid, it takes him like 30 years to find a file? Like, how many terabytes does this droid have? A lot. Just look how big he is. <sighs> Think about how many you can fit into a flash drive now. I'm just saying, dude. Look, And look. he even admits, he said that it's very, very coincidental. And he said that, you know, after losing Han Solo, this is coming right after the scene of Han Solo being killed. They win the battle. And he said, you know, we needed we needed something happy to happen, a character to return. So R2 wakes up, and now we get the good news that Luke is going to be found. No, I understand, like, you know, why it's, it's there. But, but it's, he, yeah, he even admits that it's coincidental as hell. Yeah, it's just like, wait, R2 just decided to turn... R2, you're an asshole. I think he is an evil, malicious droid <laughs> that was purposely waiting for Han to die. And he was just like, oh, hey, that guy, man, fuck, that guy's finally <laughs> dead. Now I can go fix the Millennium Falcon just like I've always wanted to without that pesky human and that giant rug in my way. I want to fly around with the new hot chick, not the old dude. What did you think of uh, Chewbacca's uh, little bowcaster there? A little, I think we've only seen that maybe fired like once or twice in the entire original trilogy. And... um Man, they made that thing super powerful in this movie. I love the scene where Han's like, let me borrow that. I like this thing. <laughs> I did like that running gag. That was good. Chewbacca is awesome in this movie, by the way. Yes. When, after Han Solo is killed, we'll get into Han Solo being killed in a minute, but after he's killed, there's a shot of Chewbacca back at base. He shows more emotion in that one shot than some actors do in, like, full monologue <laughs> He looks so sad. Oh, I like how he gives out that little, like, he gives out, like, a special war cry where it's like, I'm sad and pissed at the same, like, the Chewbacca roar. Oh, right, right, when he, right after Han dies? Oh, yeah, right I'm after. talking about when they're back at, like, the Resistance yeah. base, and it's just that one shot of him kind of leaning over right before R2 wakes up. They do do a lot of cool stuff with Chewbacca. Well, they have that, that's a good comedy moment, too, that they do later with him and the nurse. I don't know. I feel like Chewbacca is more of a character in this one than kind of a, a like he's been more of a background sideline character in, in the original trilogy. He had some moments, but I feel like he really got to shine in this one. And they, I mean, well, they you had other that you had other people talking to him other than just Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, you did. And he got to he got to play off some comedy moments with some of the new cast that I yeah. thought was pretty good. Like Han Solo, the smuggler or the war general? Was he a war hero? <laughs> 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 just like how he was emoting you were kind of, you knew right away he was like well I, I don't you know hey hey who knows man who knows i'm not here to say which one i saved his butt a couple times i did like and what see, they did like, and with han solo like and this this goes back to something we talked about before we saw the movie and i still kind of stand by it before seeing the movie we had talked about we want to introduce these characters in places that are believable that from where we last left them and where we last yeah. left Han Solo was he was not a smuggler anymore. He was a general in the Republic. Um, he could have left after the job of the Hut thing and went, all right, well, I'm going back to smuggling, but he didn't. He came back to the Republic or the Rebe- Rebellion. He had made his character arc from crook to hero. He had won the girl, and then we pick him up in this movie, and he's back to square one. Well, I told you they were going to do that, I, man. Well, we both they, knew they, they were going to gonna do that. But you know? at the same time, we both agreed going into it that I'll have a problem if they do it. And I, I did. I have a problem if they did it. Because it, it could have been so easily fixed in the... See, I didn't have a problem with it the second 
third time I watched it because man, the reason why he the reason why he goes back to doing that, the reason why Leia goes back to doing what she's doing in this movie, the smuggler in the general. Yeah, and I I do like that story of their son being turned to the dark side. And they're just bad parents. That they they are bad parents, and I do have a little bit of a problem with Han Solo's death scene. Now see, I still I still disagree with you on this. I I don't have a problem with it. Do I think it could have been better? It yes. should have been better. It but should have been. Better. I don't have a problem with what they did, and I've talked to a lot of people who aren't as into it as you and I are. They really like how Han died. The thing that keeps coming up is Kylo Ren is now unredeemable. He made his choice. He's not redeemable anymore. Yeah, they they can't they can't do a Darth Vader story arc with no. Kylo Ren went too far in this movie. He killed Han Solo. Yeah. Not only that, he kills his dad while you're handing the torch over to the new characters. You you sacrifice Han to make this guy the the baddie. Well, he does more in the opening scene than Darth Vader did that was terrible in A New Hope. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just slaughters these villagers. He just gives the order, like, yeah, just kill them all. Oh, speaking of Darth Vader, have you heard about the concept art that was released? Mm. Apparently an idea that was tossed around for Episode 7 and is still being considered for Episode 8 is... Anakin ghost, but since Anakin was a split personality, there'll be a Darth Vader ghost that talks to Kylo, the dark side of Anakin. All right, let's stop talking and, about shitty stuff. Oh, that is so dumb. No, okay, okay. Yeah, the concept art was it was published in some magazine here recently. Really? Yeah, and you can see like the Anakin ghost. I'm really glad they didn't the do that. Hooded black Darth Vader ghost. Because like all, I would just immediately like have memes of like. Me sitting at my desk with like little little good Anakin yeah. over here, little Darth Vader over here. No, A little hit, Hayden Christensen. Hit delete on the email. No respond to it. No hit delete. Oh yeah, and people were jumping on the idea. Oh, wouldn't it be cool to see like Luke talking to his dad, and then Kylo talking to Darth Vader? And no, I don't like. It. I did like in the movie how Kylo Ren, like the first time in the Star Wars series, we get this sense that. He's actually being seduced by the light side. Yes. And we've only ever seen, like, the dark side is, you know, like, the dark side is seductive. Yeah. And, and this pull to the light, I thought was, I really liked that. I thought that was really cool. That he's such a conflicted character, even though he's a dick and an ass and a yeah, and the evil. Pre- the prevailing concept I'm hearing from everybody's opinion about him killing Han the way he does. We watched his final seduction to the dark side. That was the final step. I can see that. So now he he would be considered a full, like, Sith now, or whatever. A master of the Knights of Ren, or whatever. Whatever the Knights of Ren are. Whatever Supreme Leader Snook says. The Supreme Leader is wise. Uh, I guess, okay, we were talking... I do talking hate about- that line. I do hate that line. What, really? Oh, man, I thought Adam Driver fucking just nails it, dude. Like, I had a problem the first time you see it. Look, Kylo Ren is not Darth Vader. no. He's not Darth Vader at all, and the way the movie is marketed, how his costume looks, the visual well, I think similarities. It's, I think in it's Darth an Vader. interesting idea that he's a Darth Vader wannabe. Yeah, well, you don't know. Well, no, think about it. Think but about he also how, has those temper tantrums. But think about it. Think and the about first time it. you it's don't like, expect it. It's like 
no matter what they did with that character, if they put somebody in a black mask, robotic type mask, black suit and a hood with a red lightsaber, everybody is going to immediately be like, it's just a Darth Vader wannabe. They like took it to that step of making him a Darth Vader wannabe. Yeah. So that anybody that says the criticism of, he's just a Darth Vader wannabe, you can just go, yeah, exactly, that's what he is. I and think, I do I think like that's him brilliant. talking to his grandfather's mask. Well, it is, but the first time seeing it and how he acts like a child, it's a little, it's a little off-putting because he looks like Darth Vader. And that didn't bother me. He is the exact opposite in terms of composure of what Darth Vader is. Now, he may be as bad, but in terms of his composure, like Darth Vader... He's not as badass. Yeah, Darth Vader is much more calm, collect, okay, I'm going to have to kill you now because you stepped out of line. I don't know. He's a little bit more well, menacing. But whereas at the same time, you're he's talking more teenage about, angst, rage. Well, yeah, exactly. Field. But when we first met Darth Vader, he was a Jedi Master. When we first meet Kylo, he is still in training. His training yeah. is not even complete yet. No, I I understand that. But first viewing, it is for, for me. You. It was a little. It was a little like eh, I don't know about this guy. And he killed Han Solo. So I mean, like, oh man. What a dick. Yeah, so this was one of the things when we came out of the theater, we had a little of a disagreement on. Well, I do think the Han Solo, like Han Solo's death, like every time I've seen this in the theater, it has still not hit that emotional gasp that I would expect from killing off a core character that has been around and loved for over 30 years. And see, I've heard the gasp. I've heard the, oh my God. I uh, never but- never heard that in the theater. And like you look around and there's like, You'll see a couple people with tissues, but, like, I felt like I should have cried in that moment. And it was just kind of like, eh. Part of it was I felt that they were going to kill Han Solo off pretty much the moment he shows up in the film. I feel like he's wearing a sign that says, I'm going to die. It just seems... It's his time. Yeah, it just seems like he's going to... It seems like his farewell performance to the series. Well, it's got to happen eventually. The way, like, when he meets Ray and he's like, yeah, the minute he he got on that planet that uh, where they meet Maz. Right. Which I love that character, by the way. The best CGI creation uh, of Star Wars ever. <laughs> it went, isn't it cool that literally, like, weeks before the movie was out, before it was going to be released, they still hadn't completely figured out what she was going to look like or what Darth, or Master Snoke was going to look like. They were still like they were still contemplating the idea Snoke would be a woman. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, Andy Serkis was playing him. Like, how? Why yeah. Would, why would he? I have no idea. I was just re- I was just reading a um thing that, from uh. That's really weird that he would get. You would seem like his performance would be like gender based before. I guess he's just so good at the. He is good. I mean, if you can't you can't tell what I did. I did my <laughs> movements for the motion capture. Um, <laughs> he he did he did act those out. It was very robotic. There's a whole thing from JJ talking about how those were the last two characters they were trying to figure out with the creature creators. Like, what are these people going to look like? And it was coming down to like before the movie was going to be released. <laughs> they were like, we got to figure something out. What did you think of Han Solo and Princess Leia together on screen? First time since Return of the Jedi in '83, man. I thought it was one of the most tender moments in the entire movie when she tells him, I hate to see you go. Oh, when she tells, when they go up and she tells him bye right before they go on their mission? Yeah. I thought that was one of the most real moments in the movie. I, I liked a lot when they first met. 
and you get the love theme. I knew you'd like that because you get the theme, but you get the theme, and then you get the C three PO, and then Her- that Harrison Ford look that he gives C three PO just fuck, next dude, I laugh you, every time. Next time you see the movie, and this is gonna sound ridiculous, but look at C three PO. Come home, pop in Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back. Look at C three PO. I think that robot's gained weight. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe he got just some extra modules to put on. You know, it's they were like, oh, it's look, hard. You need it, to I, mean, upgrade. I know you can't can't recognize me with my red arm, but I was I was we were watching uh <laughs> we watched uh, Force Awakens, and then me and the kids came home and watched Empire Strikes Back, and even my six year old goes, that robot's a lot skinnier now. Well, you know, dude, like we'll just email C three PO and be like, dude, look, that red arm makes you look fat, bro. <laughs> You gotta lose that red arm. It's all gold or nothing. They, I think they had to make a thicker costume. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, Andy Daniels is, you know, Anthony Daniels is. It's a long time there has passed, man. You know, he's he's allowed to let himself go a little bit. You know, hey, uh, I was really worried about how Carrie Fisher was gonna look in this movie, man. Um, she was the one that came back. She lost a lot of her sass, man. Her voice is a little weird to me still. I'm just, I'm not trying to be mean and it's like, oh, she's an aging woman or anything like that, but her performance, like, I don't know, she did not seem like she had everything in it, like, I mean, granted, now Mark Hamill was in the movie for like four shots, but, and that's not fair, because all he had to do was turn around and tear up. He didn't really tear up, he just... Well, yeah. Turns around and looks. Oh, are you sure? I, th- I thought I saw some like his, I thought he saw some glassy eyes, and he was like, "Man, that's my life." I thought he looked bro. sort of concerned, and he does this sort of head tilt. He he gets emotional. That's that's for sure. But like Hans, like Harrison Ford, I felt like he really, really put a lot into this performance, and I felt like Carrie Fisher was just. I don't know. You got some of her sass when she's like, he says something, and she's like, "Don't do that." I'm like, what? Anything. And again, they get they give her shitty dialogue too. They always give Princess Leia crappy dialogue. It's, uh, Star Wars movies, most everybody has crappy dialogue. Oh, I didn't feel like the dialogue was that bad in this movie. No, I just, it wasn't. But her lines, like when Finn comes up and and she's like, "Oh yes, that's so brave what you did, renouncing the First Order." And it's like, "Come on, man, give Carrie Fisher something to fucking say, dude. Give that her is something." A, that is a really awkward moment because he's like, yeah. he's like trying to tell her, "I need to get to that planet. I want to go save your." possible daughter and she's like that's all good but you, we need you to tell us it was brave what you did um and what what else do i need to say i need to say that i'm glad that you helped and but we need you to tell us some stuff yeah tell us some thing and about you know, star killer base well the thing that's kind of missing at that moment is that many bothams died for this information <laughs> <laughs> like that weight of how important the information that they got. Like, they just have this map. General uh, Akbar's still there. It's just a map. Like, they just have it, and then as soon as he goes, yes, there is a... And then they have a, a little drawing of it, a little red line goes down. I, d- I did like how they still have, like, that that, that crappy uh, hologram. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit better, the hologram is, but it's still, it's still like a crappy one from, like, Return of the Jedi. Well, that's what it should look like. At least it wasn't a New Hope like level of like, hey, look at this computer screen. Oh right? man, I was watching some. Uh, this is a little bit of a side note, but I was watching some of the deleted scenes from A New Hope with like Luke talking to Biggs and seeing the battle up in space with his. Yeah, they cut a lot of that stuff out with Biggs. Ooh, I'm really glad they cut that stuff out. Yeah, well, I think the only reason Lucas shot that was to please the studio. Oh really? 
Yeah, they didn't. They were worried that uh, Luke wasn't coming into the movie until later, and they're like, "You got to have him come in sooner. He's your main character." My, one of my favorite new characters, and originally I hear that he was supposed to have died in the script. They loved what he was doing so much, they brought him back, and that is Poe. Poe Dameron. Dude, I thought Oscar he Isaac. was awesome. Dude, he was. He was really good. His interactions with Finn, and you can tell those guys are going to be friends. Oh, they are great together. Yeah. John Boyega and uh, Oscar Isaac are three new leads. They are terrific, man. Only problem? Poe Dameron is not in this movie enough. I needed more Originally, of him. they killed him. Well, you kind of feel it, especially at the end, where they kind of throw in the whole Death Star 2.0 assault in there. His arc and his like last, what he contributes to the finale is very lackluster. Like the whole attack on whatever they're attacking, the condenser or whatever it is. But of when Star he Killer returns base. to the movie, though, like that's a pretty triumphant return. Oh, yeah. I, no, I do like that. When he meets up with Poe again, hey, you're wearing my jacket. <laughs> or that shot where he's, like, going through, taking out everything, and then oh, that is Finn's awesome. like, that is one awesome pilot. And it cuts him, he's like, yeah, woohoo. Man, that's that one good. thing I really liked about the editing of the movie is how, how often you would cut to people like, did you see that? Like, when they did something cool in one of the spaceships. Yeah. Just how they were, like, like the scene where they're stealing the uh, TIE fighter. That is awesome. Oh, in the hangar bay in the yeah. beginning? That is really good. And when he first like learns to shoot the cannon, and he shoots it, and he shoots out the cannons on the Star Destroyer, and he's like, did you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> he's like, yeah, Finn, I saw it. I saw it. Let's go. <laughs> What's your name? FN21887? Oh, my goodness, man. I'm going to call you Finn. The Finn character, his interactions with Poe are extremely effortless, and they have good chemistry. And then right after that, when he meets up with Ray, and they have that huge, uh, they have that really awesome action sequence with the Millennium Falcon getting chased by the TIE fighters. And right afterwards, when they have that, they come out of the cockpit, uh, the gunner seat. They're like, oh, yeah, you did that, you did that. And that's such a genuine moment that you can tell these characters like each other, and they're excited to be with each other. And they're excited to be in this movie. Yeah, and man, it's so contagious. And you, and you can feel that the people making the movie was excited to be making the movie. Yeah, I I just oh, cannot and, say and, enough good things about the characters, man. Not to take a shot at the prequels, but how how relieving was it to see people moving around on real sets, interacting with real stuff that's there? I recently rewatched episode two, Attack of the Clones. Uh, after seeing this for the second time, I wanted to go back and rewatch the prequels again. Uh, I couldn't get through it, man. It is so, like, the CGI is so much, and it's so terrible. It's over the top. It actually looks like what television looked like five years ago. It's kind of how it looks. And Almost it's just, ten years ago. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's a big-budget Hollywood movie. Yeah. And when, when did that come out? 2002? And it's just like, wow, man, this has not aged well at all. No. It doesn't, like, man, the prequels just don't feel like Star Wars. Right. Like, this one, I appreciated, like, even Starkiller Base, when they're inside, it's like, it's a little bit different from what the inside of an Imperial whatever ship or Death Star or whatever they have looks like, but it looks similar. Yeah, it looks similar enough that you're fooled. Yeah. You believe that that could be the next step in that technology. Yeah, and they have some of the other things, like even the TIE Fighters, like some of the TIE Fighters look different in the movie. They have different paint jobs. And yeah. I liked how the uh, the TIE Fighters 
I don't I never noticed before that they could shoot out the back. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I was really excited about pretty much all the designs in the movie for everything felt Star Wars. I don't know about the monsters. There is one in Han Solo's. You talk, you know what I'm talking about? The tentacle monsters? Yeah, I don't like those things. The, that did not feel very Star I, Wars I, to me. Personally, I wish that was left out of the movie. That felt Star Trek. Yeah, there's two things that felt sort of Star Trek, Marvel, comic booky. One thing that felt very Star Trek, and that's the the design of the costume of the girl that is in Maz's bar that calls the First Order. I don't know why, but her costume to me looked very Star Trek. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. The black, like... Yeah. Black like and white. No eyebrow kind yeah. of chick. Yeah. Bald. And then the the monsters that are on... The Raftars, yeah. or whatever they're called. To me, those look like they were taken right out of, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that did feel like it was out of... Yeah, or J.J.'s like, Star Trek reboot. Like, to me... I agree. Like, you could have just very easily not had that now there was there was a good moment there when one of one of the things grabs finn's foot and is dragging him through the hallway and ray shuts the oh, yeah shuts the thing cuts the tentacle off and then she runs up and uh he's like it had my foot and then this door shut and she's like oh, that's really lucky instead of telling him that like she did it <laughs> i i like it when they're 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 running through the ship afterwards and i like when han solo takes off at light speed in the hangar bay and that one is like suctioning. That one monster it just has gets its, ripped apart. Yeah, it's got its mouth right on the cockpit or whatever, all over the window. I thought that was great when it slid off. Uh, I thought that was really cool. I didn't even know you could do that in, in Star Wars. And I like how they, you know, Han Solo is like, man, I never, I never asked that until after I've done it. <laughs> I was like, uh, that is a very Han Solo line right there. I enjoyed that. You know, Han Solo. <laughs> if you watch the movie though, he's a little bit of a dick. Han Solo always is kind of a dick, though, right? Like, they have to get the shield down so that these other ships can get onto the planet and attack the thing. Why didn't he just tell them that the shield, you just fly through it at light speed. You can get right past the shield. Well, because that was a really dangerous maneuver that only Han Solo could probably pull off, man. Right. In the Millennium Falcon. That's right. And you it, know, this is the only time, parsecs. only time that he refers to that ship as the Millennium Falcon. Han, Han, what's the guy's name? You know, I don't know. Ask Lando Calrissian. He'll that, tell you something different. I personally, I, ha- I cannot take credit for knowing that. I would have never caught that. Never in my life would I would have caught that. Oh, really? But uh, I saw it with a friend of mine, and after the movie, he said, yeah, it just throws me off that Han Solo refers to the, the Falcon as the Falcon. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, he's always referred to it as the Falcon. And then when the kids and I were watching the original trilogy, I was like, holy shit, he is. He's referring to it as the Falcon, not the Falcon. Harrison Ford made that choice to say it differently. Hey, man, he was probably like, you know, hey, I what I what I said back then was incorrect. I love the and interview. George Lucas made me do it. So. I love the interview with him where the guy asked him, okay, this is for the press, the press release interviews for uh, Force Awakens. And the guy said, okay, last question, who shot first, Han Solo or Greedo? Harrison Ford laughs and goes, I don't give a shit. I don't care. It's whatever they want. It's George's movie, however he wants to edit it. I don't care. I'm with Han on that. I don't really <clears throat> care. I'm I'm good either way. I know, I know that's a passion thing. 
for you, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm either way. I don't care who shot first. No, the pa- the real, real passion thing for me is putting Hayden Christensen over Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense. I think we've, I think we've talked about uh, Han Solo here. Um, we've talked about John Boyega. Uh, we talked about Poe and Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I don't really have, I don't really have anything, anything I can say bad about Finn or Poe. Yeah, or I mean, I'm cool with Ray, dude. I really loved Ray's character. Um, I do, I do too. Um, but what they did with her I, is the one thing that, like, with three new characters, I could complain about if I wanted to. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm I mean, just so I happy it. that she nails it, man. Oh, she does just a wonderful I'm job. I'm so happy they got a good actress and we don't have to suffer through some bad performances again. Like, they got somebody that cares and is doing a great job. Like, I just believe in her so much. And I want to see what she does. I mean, from the moment that she puts on, she goes back to that little place, cooks her little dinner. She's living inside of the Imperial Walker. Oh, that is so awesome. And she gets out, and she marks the days that she's been there on the wall, and she puts that rebel helmet on, and you're just like, okay, I like this chick. (laughs) There's that one scene where the TIE fighters come down, and they're they're going after them, and they're shooting down on them. Right. They do the the call-out where... Finn keeps grabbing Ray's hand. Right. And Ray's like, why are you keep grabbing my hand? I thought w- once was enough. And when they did it a second time, it's like, okay, look, guys, I get it. Like, she's a woman that can take care of herself. Like, she already kicked those one dude's ass. One hand thing was enough. Like, I didn't need the second one. See, I thought the second one was a joke. It was a joke, but I was just like. So ah. it didn't bother me. You're kind of, I don't know. Because the first was like, she was asking, why are you grabbing my hand? Like, she just didn't understand it. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was. And see, to me, like, it, it, it was funny the first time. It didn't come across to me like they were trying to say, okay, she's a woman and she can, ha-. I didn't get the political. To me, it was the first time she'd never had anybody grab her hand before. So she was like, why are you, why are you doing this? And then when he did it again, she was like, stop doing that. Like, he was freaking her out. That could but have been less that goes back to that guy's argument about her being a Mary, Mary Sue. Yes, the perfect girl where everything goes right. All right, now like that even, character type. Even during that scene, it's Finn that gets blown up and knocked down, and she has to go over and get him. Like just little, like a one time, if she could have just been the one to get knocked out, and someone else have to save her. But she does. Finn has to save her. When. Like when they're having that lightsaber back, she gets pulled. By, she gets thrown against the tree by Kylo Ren, and Finn has to step up with the lightsaber. If he didn't step up, they would both be dead. I'm just saying, Finn. Finn does save her, and that's another thing too. I don't know. The characters it, it are a little like overpowered. He, he got kind of his, got his ass kicked, and then she kicked Kylo's ass. He did, but she but got I taken will, out I first. Will, I will defend the movie on this part. I will say people have she com- wasn't she was in jeopardy. Have though. complained. That there's no way somebody that's never been trained can keep up with somebody that's been trained in this blah, 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 lightsaber. He ha- he is bleeding half to death, by the way. Okay, and I like how he's hitting his wound. Yeah, he's trying to, like, get over it. Is he, is, okay, is he trying to do that, or is it, like, also to, like, is is he making himself matter? So he can be like more in touch with the dark side. Is he like just? That's what I kind. Well, that's what I meant by getting over it. He's like using that to like ah, I'll, yeah. I'll use this pain. It was kind of creepy. And you know, this we see more blood in this movie than we've seen in any other Star Wars movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the first time we've seen blood. Period. Since like uh, A New Hope. 
Oh, wait, you see blood in Empire? Yeah, Luke's pretty bloody after the thing. Oh, yeah. Pops him at the beginning. Yeah, there is some blood there. I forgot about that. But Empire yeah. is so freaking good, man. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is no. This is definitely no Empire. I mean, there's... No. I mean, we're going into some of the problems. And granted, now, these are nitpicky problems. Oh, I overall, mean, I... I, I the movie I, succeeds well. Thoroughly enjoy the movie. Exactly. Um, it does enough right. It, it's got problems around the... I don't know if it's as good as Return of the Jedi or not, but... Depending on the day, I could do a toss-up. I think it's as good as Jedi, is how I feel right now. I feel like I can say The Force Awakens and Return of the Jedi feel very comfortable side-by-side to me. Yeah, maybe. Like, um, give me some more time with it now. Give me some more time uh, with it. That's kind of what I'm saying. I'm not, I mean, I'm not I, putting that in stone. Cause, that's not my final you know, Recently, me and the kids, we went and watched, we watched Force Awakens, then we watched the Star Wars trilogy. Empire, you know, by far stands out on the, the just that pyramid pinnacle, of, way above the rest. Is the shining? That is what Star Wars city is on the sea. You know, city like what Reagan said about the United States. Just <laughs> Empire Strikes Back in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> um, Man, that is so loaded of a metaphor, dude. <laughs> that, just that shining city on the hill. And the fact that you just compared The Empire Strikes Back and Ronald Reagan and his quotes yeah. <laughs> to the, the United Empire. States. And I like that. I like that. Wow. Ooh, we're deep here, guys. We're deep digesting that one for a while. But yeah, it's way better than all three of the prequels. Anybody that has not seen it and they're worried because the prequels were what they were, forget it. Just go see the movie. It's not a prequel. I mean, I definitely it's got it's got more of the Star Wars you know vibe yeah. than the prequel does. It fits in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Okay. Star Killer Base. I don't understand that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna put that out there. Every time I watch that movie, the fact that they put it in a into a planet, you that know, the one sucks a star dry. Yeah, that's the one thing I don't like because you're killing your planet. <laughs> you suck the anybody knows anything about astronomy knows that. That's a really bad idea. You know, just eventually you're going to suck all that gas out of there, right? And it's going to be That's nothing. what they said, that the star will go away. Yeah, so once they do that, like... The planet is no longer a planet. It's just a floating asteroid. Not to mention, it's going to get cold as shit. You, you just destroyed your planet. Now there's no gravity to make it orbit anything. Yeah, like... I, 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 how does it move? And it, They should have just... Uh, it's weird. It drains one of its seven suns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the Death Star, does it really make a lot of sense? I don't know, but it's it's a space station. Yeah. So I just buy it more. Yeah. Especially since, like... It's a mobile space station. Yeah, we have space stations now. Like, that's crazy, you know? Right. Like, we have many Death Stars floating around that are not circular, or do they blow up planets and they're not as cool? And uh, I guess we don't have, have Death Stars Have we got any... any any confirmation on is that Coruscant that they blow up? Okay, it is not Coruscant. It's not. It's not. From what I have understood, they named the system. I forget what the 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 system's name is. And it blew up three planets. It does look a lot like Coruscant, though, and doesn't it? It's the planet that the Republic Senate is in session. Yeah, apparently there's been some books that have been written where the the Senate now moves from. System to system on different, yeah. I, dude. I know it's okay. Here's the thing: it's not oh, in the movie. Oh, 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 it's not oh. In the movie. So. I watched a video the other day of um, 
it was a little YouTube video that was 15 things that, that are either canon or not canon that you won't believe. In the new Star Wars book, Aftermath, that was just released, everybody was worried that Boba Fett's death was going to be kept because all the stuff that was written about him after surviving Return of the Jedi was now not canon, right? Yeah. In the new book, his armor is found outside of the pit. Rumor is... Boba Fett's live. That'd be cool. I'd be down for that. I mean, look, hey. Hey, I know you're a fan. Let's do it, man. I know you're a fan. I thought I'd give you some good news. Boba what? Fett may be a living being. You know, here's something they did like with a, a Boba Fett's that like little side character. Mysterious, not a lot of lines. But what he does is so awesome. Now, Captain Phasma is barely in this movie and looks so amazingly cool. I know they're going to do other things with it, other things with that character Are with they? her in the sequel. Yeah, I they thought they, they killed her. No. I'm kidding. No, they they threw in the the trash compactor. Da, da, da. And then blew the planet up. Well, you know, she probably got out. I know, I think she's rumored to come back, but oh, I hope they are cuz otherwise they just doth doth mauled her in the worst way ever. Like doth darth mauled her. There we go. In the worst way ever. I mean, she's cool for like two scenes where she walks in and then she gets held at gunpoint. And give and just like does whatever the enemy wants. Yeah. And it's just like I'm a total wimp, but my soldiers will get you. Yeah, I don't know. Armor is really cool. I like the voice. Um I forget the actress's name from Game of Thrones. I like uh the scene where Finn's like, I'm in charge now, Phasma. I'm in charge. Han's like Chill down, chill down. Calm down there, dude. I do like how he worked in sanitation on this, and I like how I like his character progression. It sucks that the movie has to be so shorthanded that we don't that we see him for the first time is him making a character turn. Yeah. And his turn is very like it's very one dimensional, very shallow, because like he was a stormtrooper and we know they're bad guys. But I'm still hearing rumors out there that he's Calrissian's kid. There is no look. I really, really there is no hope way everybody that doesn't happen. Yeah, come on, man. Everybody can be related. Like the universe. I've been is, trying to catch somebody. I read a blog, and I don't know how true. I'm stating now. I do not know how true this guy's information is. But he said that there's a screen in the movie. They're talking about FN two one eight seven, whatever it is. Yeah, and That's it's right. got his childhood picture down there, and I, I remember the screen. But there's the word Calrissian written backwards. Well, it's written backwards, so it's not written forwards. So but I'm okay the, with you're that. seeing through the screen. So <sighs> the person on that side would be able to see that the family they took him from. I really hope that's wrong. I really, really hope that's wrong. Yeah, me too. Because I don't want everybody in like, oh, hey, look. <laughs> you know that last black guy that was in the movie? He's related to this new black guy. Oh, there's another black guy in, in Return of the Jedi. He doesn't do anything. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. I mean, come on. Like, do we have to make everybody related here? No, please, let's not do that. Please, let's just have, like, people that meet in the universe that meet in the universe. Because no, I, do, I do think Ray is going to be a Skywalker, but I am praying that he is not a Calrissian. Yeah, I, I mean, when Ray gets the lightsaber that calls to her, and I don't know, okay. We, we haven't talked about it, but, you know, I feel like we need to bring it up. Does this movie stand alone? Have films now changed so much that in a franchise that is, formula... That is another problem I have with this movie. They don't stand alone. Like, if you watch New Hope... 
It stands alone. It has an ending. The throne room sums it up nicely. Yes. Here, we now, get that. Empire, and then less an empire. So. Empire is but more that's a of middle a middle chapter. Middle chapter doesn't really stand alone. Yeah. But, I mean, you could argue this is a middle chapter between six and eight, but. What? That's weak, bro. Look, they're calling it a you, trilogy. You could. Yeah, you, yeah, you but could. I know what you mean. It's like now anytime there's this big budget movie that comes out, it never feels like a complete movie. It it feels like an episode. Yeah. And I kind of miss having those complete movies that come out that, okay, all right. Well, I, I have a problem. I'm excited about what comes next, but I'm completely satisfied with the story. Yeah, I don't really have anybody's backstory. I have a little teeny piece of their backstory. Like, we saw Luke's backstory. Right. I need to have like one of my main characters. I need to see that. I need to identify with that somehow. Well, in this one, it's Kylo's. Yeah. Or Ben's. What, oh, named after Ben Kenobi? I guess that's the only Ben. Like, I don't know why. I never saw a scene with Han Solo and uh, and well, I'm Perry sure Fisher Luke. where they were like, "Hey, what's up, Obi Wan Kenobi? Give me the give me the deets. What's going down?" Well, like, they couldn't name him Luke. Maybe I, yeah. that's his middle name. I get Ben Luke Solo. I guess naming him Anakin would just be like really yeah, poor. Harrison case. was like, Han was like, fuck no. I understand that your dad, but you and Luke have a whole different like. All I remember that motherfucker doing is freezing me in carbonite. Hey, let's name him after your space dad. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a complete movie. It's got a lot of. It's it got a like lot of setup, questions. That it are, feels like the setup of a trilogy. Like I don't. Why are, why are the First Order doing what they're doing? It, and I hope and not every trilogy is just going to be like, hey, look, here goes some <laughs> Hey, here goes some good, some good Jedis. Now the good Jedis are doing bad. Now there's two Sith. Oh, no, they took over everything. Well, they're not Sith anymore. They're Knights of Ren. Whatever. They have red lightsabers, and they wear black masks, and they're bad Jedis, and they know about the Dark Force. They're, whatever. It's the same thing. You're calling them something else, man. Interesting to see where they go with... Grandmaster Snoke. Yeah, I mean, I thought he looked cool. He he didn't he didn't scare me like the Emperor did. Well, we'll see where they go with it. The first time I saw the Emperor, I wasn't really scared of him in a hologram form. Oh, I remember being as a kid, being like, "Oh, that guy's like fucking wicked scary." Like he he looked like a weird dude that was that was giving Vader some stuff, and there was the promise that like, "Ooh, wow!" Like so, Vader has a master. You know, there was always that promise there in Empire, but. I don't know. I'm interested to see what they, what they do with this guy. But it's weird uh, it's, because yeah. Snoke is not like he's not really that e- as evil as the Emperor and Vader were because I mean, dude, look, the First Order guys fuck shit up left and right in this movie and he's not going around choking dudes like Donald Gleason's character, uh what was his name? General General Hux. Hux, yeah. All right, yeah, like that character, he makes some mistakes. Kylo Ren even makes some mistakes. Like he totally Takes that map. He leaves the droid and that map there, and takes he the girl. He can read her mind, and yeah, and he totally. And then fucks has up. to go to Snoke and say, "I couldn't read her mind. She's stronger in the Force than I am for some fucked up reason." If man, dude, if that was that was Vader, man, he would be like, "All right, look. After yesterday, you didn't put sugar in my coffee. Now you can't read this bitch's mind." Oh, force choke your dad. Sorry. This is how we do things. Failed me for the last time, Kylo. Yeah, right? That totally would have happened. 
Snooks just sitting back like, look, dude, this is what I got to work with here. <laughs> well, at the end, he's like, get Kylo, bring him to me, and let's finish his training. This, the first order, the stormtroopers here. These guys are tragic. When they're killing them off, it's like you're, these guys, they clearly say in the movie, have been taken from birth and have been brainwashed. Yeah. To fight. That is so terrible. I told you when I called you that day, I said, dude, you're really going to like the stormtroopers in this. It makes them kind of, it makes them kind of, you feel sorry for them a they're little people. bit. people. Yeah. They're not clones. It's not like, oh, we're just disposing of like right. genetically soulless individuals that, do you even have a soul? You know, now it's like, oh, what happened to you was tragic. It's weird to see in a Disney film people yeah, be taken thing that and murdered like this. <laughs> I was pre-warned was going to be uh, part of the First Order mind brainwashing of the stormtroopers is that like Luke Skywalker is an outlaw. Like part of the reason he was in hiding, the first order tells, you know, they they basically tell all the stormtroopers and stuff that this guy killed Palpatine, he killed Darth Vader. There's a price on his head. And they didn't put that in the movie. I'm wondering if it was cut out or if it was just never I don't know. I think they kind of they they hint at like that different storytelling thing like you're talking about cuz when right. they first meet when Finn and Ray first meet Han Solo, and they have that thing where, like, yeah, Finn had... Cause he he's, seems to know who Luke is. Well, he knows who Luke is, and he knows Han oh, as the right. general. Like, right. that's how he knows him, like, because he so would have studied, like... So that's believe that it was part of it, and they just left it out. Yeah, and, cause, and you know, Ray knows him. It would he's make a, a smuggler. Little, and it, it's like, and she's like, wait, Luke Skywalker's real? I thought he was a myth. You know, and they co- they're coming at it from like really different worlds. I, d- I thought that was cool. I think I enjoyed um, that detail. I think it makes a little bit more sense that he would be in hiding for that reason than just oh I fucked up I'll go hide. Yeah, because I mean Luke's character was always the guy that no matter what he was there for his friends. I, I have a little bit of a hard time believing. Okay, I fucked up, trained a bad Jedi. Now I'm just gonna leave it to you guys to handle. Well, not only that, his his freaking uh, nephew. Yeah. And he's and his, not out there trying to help. And his nephew apparently murdered off his entire school or whoever he else he was training. Yeah, I, so I think there's got that's to be. Implied. There's got to be. Said. They said he destroyed it all. Yeah. Um, there's got to be another reason Luke's in hiding. Yeah. How many times have you seen like the people bringing up the, hey, wait, why did Luke not show up when they blew up the planet? Because, <laughs> you know. Obi-Wan Kenobi and A New Hope, once they blow oh, up yeah. Alderaan. I, I told you that the first night we saw it. I was like, that's a plot hole that you're missing here. Yeah. kind of making Luke a little bit of a bosser. <laughs> they, well, they're not afraid of making, uh, giving these, the old characters, huge flaws. I don't know. But I, that's not a flaw Luke has ever had. Well, and I don't know. I'm, I'm really counting on Ryan Johnson to exactly, that's what I was gonna say. answer that. Let's see where they take that idea. From what I heard, they had a much better idea of why Luke was in hiding. That basically, if he comes out of hiding, he's going to be killed. I wonder if he still got his green lightsaber. I'm sure, right? Well, I mean, at the end of Return of the Jedi, he chunks it. I'm a Jedi. I will not fight him. You hear it? Rolling away. Uh, he does leave it on the Death Star, doesn't he? I don't know. Does he put it? Does he have it on his belt when he leaves? I don't know. I have to go back and look at them. 
well, that was Return of the Jedi. I just didn't care because it's like I'm never gonna see this asshole fight anybody <laughs> else ever again. I don't care what he did with his fucking lightsaber. No, I don't. You know, that's something I never actually. I gotta go back and look at that. What does Luke do with his lightsaber? That'd be a shame. I like the green one, man. I know everybody's all obsessed with the the blue one, and it is the it is a cool one. But I have always been obsessed. I, like I guess it's green. because it was the first one I ever saw, and it's got like that history. I am obsessed with that lightsaber. <laughs> My personal favorite's Vader's. I love Vader's lightsaber. It's the, my second favorite. Yeah, and then. Luke's but they look green. alike. You notice that the design is a lot alike. It is, but Vader's just like Anakin uh, made both of them. Vader's is just a little bit more muscular. Yeah, it looks. It looks evil. It's got like a nice black, but the chrome and I don't know. It just looks cool, man. You know, I didn't miss Vader though. I was really worried that. I was too. I was worried that I was gonna miss that, but. There's enough of his presence in the movie that it still feels right. Yeah, I think Adam Driver's Kylo Ren nails it home enough for me in a different way. And then, but he's mentioned like enough. He's mentioned Vader's mentioned, Anakin's mentioned. Yeah, um, they even play the Imperial March when they show his burnt mask there for little, a minute. Little, I would. That's one thing I really missed. I wish we could have got a big, strong Imperial March at one time. Oh, dude, I really like the new Kylo Ren, like the Kylo Ren theme. I really loved Ray's theme. Oh my god, it was so good. It was so different. It was so unlike any other score that we've heard in Star Wars. Yeah. Who uses his xylophone? Is that the last instrument you don't you've never featured in a piece, John Williams? Come on, dude, what's going on? He's like, hey, I'm gonna bust it out. It's awesome. Yeah, it works. It fits in, and it, man, her theme just in the theme, I feel the loneliness. Oh, that Musically. shot where she's sliding down that oh sand yeah sand bank, dune, and that theme the is playing. Star Destroyer behind her. It's one of the best moments in the movie. Oh man, like oh, I really love her character. I love all the new characters. I cannot say enough great things about them, man. Really can't. And, or the designs. I I don't know. I've heard a lot of people dissing John Williams' score in this, but I thought it was really good. I thought he did a, a great job. Of, oh, really? People are dissing the score? Yeah, some people have had some problems with it. Um, like what? And they just said it's, it's, it's a weak score. It's uncreative, and I completely disagree. I think it's, I think it's doing something new, but still keeping those character moments. Like, I like when the lightsaber is shown, and we get Luke's theme. And... When Han Solo brings up Luke, we get the Luke theme. When he meets Princess Leia, we get that theme. And then like, but Ray's themes carried throughout. Kylo Ren has his theme. I, I like these new the balance of the old and the new because that's what the movie's doing. That's what the story is doing. Yeah, I, I think the music what, should echo that. I, I, I didn't have a problem at all with the score. Yeah, I loved it. I really did. Oh man, the Jedi steps at the end. That dude, that score is, it's so impactful. Um. If you took the score out of that moment and you just watched it, I don't think Luke Skywalker turning around in that robe would be nearly the emo- would have nearly the well, emotional impact. Well, if you take impact. the score out of the movie, none of it's going to have emotional impact. I, well, I mean, you take that particular score out and replace it with something else, or have somebody else do the music. I just can't. I, just I, I can't imagine what somebody's problem with that score was. 
I, yeah. I thought it fit that movie perfect. I did too. I mean, is I it the, the Empire Strikes Back score? No. I think some people were looking for Duel of Fates or something like that, and I thought this didn't need that. A lot of people complained about the fight music, and there's a violin piece around when Han Solo dies that sounds a little, a little bit of a Requiem for a Dream callback. A lot of people were complaining, and some people were saying that was a ripoff of Requiem for a Dream. I don't think that. It's like, man, look, it's a violin, guys. You right? have to show me the piece. You know, people complained about different little pieces of music here and there, but I, I think it's really good. I'm, I'm a real big fan of it, and John Williams knocked it out of the park yet again. I mean, I, I see. I didn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I never even. It wasn't like as memorable to me as like. I personally I I was never a big fan of like just the duel of fates in episode 1. Um I really liked the score in episode 3 when Anakin and Obi-Wan started going at it. Yeah, it, Battle of Heroes or whatever yeah, that's called. I really like that one. But you know, like to me the standout standout Star Wars score is Empire Strikes Back where you get that huge imperial march, you get the original Star Wars music, that asteroid field, the love theme, um Yoda's theme. But There's a lot of good ones in that. I didn't walk out of the movie going, man, that score was just lacking. I, 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 thought, it, I thought it fit the movie perfect. Yeah, yeah no. I, personally, I think it's my third favorite score. Um, I think New Hope and, and Empire are way better. Um, but, I, man, I'd put this at my number three, dude. I feel like it did more new than the last three, than any of the prequels did. We saw we saw this very first opening night. Yeah, um, and just starting off, no Disney logo, no bad robot, Lucasfilm. I thought that was a very good move, dude. Because I was automatically I felt the was, excitement in the room on that, right? I was automatically going to be missing the dun 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 dun. Where's my fanfare? Damn it! And just that, I thought I thought that was a very smart move to kill the sound. Silent Lucas films, a long time. Just open it as simple as possible. I ah uh, man, I thought that right then and there. They're like, "Hey guys, we know, we know we what know. you want. <laughs> we got this. We got this." I was a little worried that when they they cut to the stormtroopers coming down from the drop ship, that is so J.J. Abrams. I could see you cringing. Uh, I was I was a little worried. I was like, "Oh my god, JJ, what what are you doing here, buddy? You're oh, you're killing me here, man. You please." But it fixes itself. Oh man, he writes the ship really quick. What did you think of Kylo force stopping the phasma blast? Oh, I thought that was great. I thought that was so awesome. That kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? I thought that was so so awesome. And it you know what? I saw a bunch of people that were saying, like, well, why didn't Darth Vader do that? I was like, man, that makes Darth Vader even so much cooler because he doesn't have to do that. He just blocks it with a lightsaber. He doesn't have to force do anything. Well, nobody ever bolt. shot plasma at Darth Vader. Either. Yeah, they did. Uh, on Solo well, shoots. He shot a red blaster. This was like blue electricity shit. Whatever. It's, it's still a blaster. It could be it's something a, different. I, no, I think it's just a blue blaster. Han, he doesn't block it with a lightsaber when Han does. He no, blocks he blocks it with, it with his hand. hand. <laughs> I know, right? So it's like, well, yeah, like, 
so they're always doing that. I was like, man, that's that. Sh- I think that shows like, no, you know, Kylo, he still needs to use the force sometimes for block for for some of the blasters like coming behind him. Like he can't, he may not be able to dodge him because he does like later in the movie he does block him, but she's in front of him and he's in a narrow like passageway. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, I, I don't know. I just thought it was it was interesting. We haven't seen the force used for that. Probably because we couldn't, we didn't have the money and the we didn't have the know how to do that. But the, the block of blaster bolt and make um, it look cool like that. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that he's not as force powerful as Darth Vader. But I thought that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's he's got some growing up to do. He's got to grow in those Darth pants, man. You know, I did think that was a pretty cool moment when he turned and stopped that blaster bolt and Poe just freezes, which then leads to one of the funniest moments in the movie <laughs> when. Pose lowered down to his knees. Kylo leans down. So, the old man gave it to you. No, no, first it's... Oh, do yeah. I talk first or do you talk first? How does this work? How does this work? <laughs> so, the old man gave it to you. What did you think of Kylo's voice, man? A little uh, bit of Bane? Did you feel the Bane in there? I didn't mind it. I didn't... No, I didn't mind. I loved it, but I did feel the Bane a little bit the first time I saw now, it. I did I think like, yeah, some of the Bane. most interesting dialogue is right there at the beginning of the movie. Whoa. Look how old you've gotten. And then dude says, uh, basically, he knows who Kylo is. Oh, well, yeah. And he straight up says, like, the First Order rule rose from the dark side. You did not. I want to know more about who that character is. Oh, yeah, well, look, they got Max von Sydow to play that little bit part role. That role, there's something. they're going to do something yeah. with that character. Apparently, that's a much bigger role that we will find out about. Yeah, I'm sure we will. I'm... I mean, you don't cast an actor that huge and such a small part and not do anything with it. Like, But he's dead, and Star Wars isn't big on flashbacks. No, they're not, but I can totally see him coming back because they're getting ready to do these spinoff movies, and if he's old now, hey, look, he's going to be right right at the right age, man. Oh, be coming so back in Rogue One. His character will be younger in Rogue One. Or one of them, yeah. I mean, and we'll kind of get to know who he is. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, like he's he's an old dude. He's older than everybody else, so he'll have look how old you've gotten. Yeah, he'll be like you know ten years older than Princess Leia will be in like Episode Four. So when they go back and steal the Death Star plans or she whatever was else, so hot in Episode Four. Uh, yeah. You know, I overall I think I, they could have come up with something a little bit more. Original than a planet Death Star. Yeah. Um, I, I, it seems like it's going to be a hard thing to top. Like, what kind of ultimate weapon are they going to build next time? Oh, I hope they don't do that. Like, the next one's going to be Galaxy Killer Base. And how <laughs> fucked is Ryan Johnson, bro? Like, dude, how fucked is that guy? Now that they made The Force Awakens and it, uh, we're all like, oh, hey, yeah, look, I like where the second one's going. Now... He's got to live up to the Empire Strikes Back. He is fuck. I feel so sorry for that guy, man. It's so sorry. And, like, most of the First Order has been destroyed. Well, uh, we don't know that. We don't know how much got off. Like, we don't. We didn't see anything. We saw the planet blow up with the re- Resistance fighters flying away. <laughs> but we didn't see anybody leave. We didn't see Kylo Ren or General Hux. We know those guys are going to be back in 8th, like... There's no way. Well, the evacuation started. Yeah. But you just didn't see it. You saw the resistance flying away. You didn't see any first orders flying away. Yeah, I, I'm. I bet you they got away. They um, had to have gotten gotten some. No, I got a lot of. I got a lot of faith in Ryan Johnson. 
Um, yeah, especially after Looper. Fuck especially me. with hearing that Abrams, J.J.'s buddy, said J.J. got to see the script for 8, and he's really jealous that it's a better script. Wishes he was doing it. Yeah, it better be a better script. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Lawrence, Lawrence Kasdan, I think, killed it on this. Stores is back, baby. It's back. Here we go. I mean, I think this is everything the prequels weren't. It, I'm excited to be a Star Wars fan again. I like For the first time since Return of the Jedi, I watched a Star Wars movie and was excited about the next one instead of saying, I need to see that again to see if I... Because I don't quite understand what just happened. I still had a little bit of that because there are giant holes. There are a lot of questions that get raised. And no, no, you're missing what I'm saying. When, when I went to see the prequels, especially at like episode two... I left the theater not understanding what I just watched. When I saw Force Awakens, it asked questions that it did not answer. So I was, but I'm excited to see where it went, where it goes. After Episode Two, I was just, I was just waiting on Darth Vader to put on the fucking suit. I don't know. Two, like I was actually hoping that they would answer some of those plot holes. Like, how did these clones get created? Like, what is the story here? Like, I thought they were going to do that in Episode Three. They just didn't. Right. I really hope they don't do that here. <laughs> I really hope, like, now some of the stuff, like, how Maz gets the lightsaber. I don't care. About I don't that. really care about that. Yeah. The, you know, it's like, if we leave that with that's a story for another time and that's it for the whole trilogy, could not give two shits less. You know? uh, originally, um, apparently it was shot her giving the lightsaber to Leia. Yeah, it's in the trailer. Yeah. And they cut it out. Well, there's a, there's quite a bit of shots in the trailer that are... Apparently they went back and did a lot of reshooting to... From what I understand, I may be wrong about this, but they went back and did a lot of reshooting to fit with Luke not showing up until the end. Well, I mean, yeah, and Harrison Ford got injured on set, and there were a lot of... They, they, had, they had some setbacks and some issues, but they threw a lot of money at it. They were all right. <sighs> I was talking to a friend of mine who was in The Dark Knight Rises... And uh, he was telling me the story about shooting his scene. And uh, apparently it's, it's a real quick scene in the movie. You know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, he said that, you know, about four hours into shooting the scene, they hadn't gotten it right. And Nolan comes walking over. And he, he thought, oh, I'm fixing to see, like, one of the best directors in the world go off. This is awesome. And Nolan just comes up and goes, do you guys need a break? Do y'all want a break? We have time. We have a budget. We can do whatever we want. Everybody just sort of laughs, and they're like, nah, we can get it. <laughs> we have a budget. I am glad uh, I'm glad JJ put this together. The end is a little, it's a little weak, but... Yeah, I've heard a couple of people's opinion that they wish they would he would have circled out on right when Ray leaves to go find Luke, and you get the shot of like Leia and C-3PO and BB-8 kind of standing in the Star Wars line. He wishes they. I've heard a couple of people say they wish he would, they would have circled out then instead of finding Luke at the end. Oh no, I like I like the finding Luke. I, that's not what I meant. I meant like the whole like the last third act. Well, I know what, me, I know felt, what you meant. I just, yeah. this was just an idea that I'd heard floated around that. Yeah, no, I liked seeing. I I think you needed to see Luke. I wanted to see him. Like I, part of the problem I had the first time I saw it actually was. I kept waiting on Luke, and when Luke never showed up, it was like, I can't pay attention to the rest of this movie because I'm waiting on fucking Luke Skywalker. Oh, really? I totally forgot about him, dude. 
I can. Pl- I got so oh, sucked into these new characters, man. Like, I, I was getting tired of Harrison Ford, like breaking up my new characters. You know, I was just like, all right, hey, Harrison, I know, I know you're Han Solo, but dude, you got to go somewhere. You got to. I want to see Finn and Ray and well, Poe. He go went kick somewhere. Some well, yeah, he did. He got cut in half and thrown down a po- down a hole. I, it is going to be interesting to see what they do with Kylo Ren's character. Like, I. They set him up to do something really awesome or something really bad. You think he'll kill Leia? Um, I don't know. We'll see. A little matricide. Well, do you think he's going to kill Luke Skywalker? You think no. Luke Skywalker will Obi Wan Kenobi out of here? No. You don't think they're going to kill him? No. I bet Luke Skywalker bites the big one in this trilogy somewhere. Let's just please not make Ray like. You know, I heard a lot of people's theories that she was Luke Skywalker's daughter, and I didn't think... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they, don't they clearly say Jedis can't have kids? Now, I've heard one theory on this. I'm still sticking with what my buddy told me because he has a little bit more information. But one hmm. theory on this is that growing up, Luke was never taught that Jedi can't have children and that part of the reason he's in hiding... This is a this is a fan theory. This is no whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the part of the reason he's in hiding is that he didn't know this. He took a wife, had a kid, Ben went bad, things went bad, and he finds out later that oh, I'm a Jedi, I'm not supposed to do this. So he feels bad, so he is going back to study the original Jedi rules at the original temple because Long story short, that he didn't know that he was supposed, not supposed to do that, and he feels that the later Jedi Council may have been a little corrupted. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold up. So you're telling me that Yoda, in all his wisdom, wouldn't tell the son of the worst dude that broke this rule about this rule. This, this is not my theory. I'm just saying. Okay, look. Here goes all these... And this is some this is some of the things I was worried about with doing a new trilogy. Like, look, don't make the characters I loved as a kid dumbasses and assholes for no reason. I agree. Don't don't do that because it's going to make me mad. And it's not something like even if your story is told what right, I as a fan and somebody that grew up with this character am not going to be able to get over it. Like, just so treat them if- right. If they went with the direction that Luke didn't know that Jedi didn't take wives, because obviously his dad did. His dad was a Jedi. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure Yoda would have been like, "Hey, dude, yeah, don't take a wife." Yeah, I mean, if if I don't know, you can you can love people, but you can't possess them. See, if this is all true, then somebody should have killed that green midget like forever ago, because like he just look look what he started. Look what all his lies and secrets did. Why, why are you guys holding out who his dad's is? Well, why, and he's also what's you know, going on. Most Jedi were taken in their in the prequels, like three or four years old before they were started training. I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll I see. personally do not. I, I personally hope that she is not Luke Skywalker's kid, and do not think she is Luke Skywalker's kid. I think they purposely told you whose kid she is, and then gave you a little diversion by saying no she's luke's maybe she's luke's look at look at these clues we're gonna give you that she's luke's it definitely gives you the the feel that she is somehow a skywalker yes that's that is how and i hope that is not true 
I just hope they have a good answer for it. They better have a damn good answer. Otherwise, Han Solo and, and Princess Leia are the worst, worst parents in a galaxy far, far away. Like, just don't get them. They are, they're the worst. Now, if they were told that she was blown up in a ship, I can buy that. Dude, I'm just saying, if, if our two big lovers in this, in this universe, one of their kids is the worst and character. I, I, I firmly think that Leia Such looks at her like she kind of knows at the end of the movie. Yeah, they do have that weird moment. And I've heard a rumor that it's cut out, but she calls her mom right there. Yeah, that's a rumor. I, I don't know. know. It's, it's not rumor, in the movie. And there's a little bit of an awkward yeah, cut. That's awesome. We can all sit here and talk about what is not hey, in the movie. But that's what the end of the podcast is for, is all these speculations that are coming in eight. But what is in the movie... It is kind of weird. Yeah. Because they have this really weird, like, moment. But Where there's no way Leia knows who she is. Leia's never seen her. Yeah. And, like, why does Leia, like, come out of nowhere to meet her? I will, Okay, I, I would have a problem if that was the inter- – how I read it the third time going into it and actually looking at that scene in context was kind of more of a, like – I think it was more of a hey, we're hugging because this important character died, and but she we... doesn't know who Ray is. Well, I know that, but what I'm saying in terms of like filmmaking and storytelling, like she, JJ needs something. She ignores Chewbacca. Who I know she should be hugging because Han died to hug the girl that she either knows who is, gets a force feeling of who it is, but, or but she does. She does know who this girl is. She does. She's got to assume that this is the girl. Like she's coming back on the Millennium Falcon. They went to go save her. Right. So she can assume who she is, and she had Han said something about her to her. And she's gonna just ignore Chewbacca to go hug the girl. Look, JJ's and just trying to give us a, a moment. Lot, I'm telling you, she is somebody. There's a well, lot. I know that. Too I'm not many. saying that. JJ did way too many. Who's the girl? Cut away. I'm. I. I. I know. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing that point. What I'm saying, though, is like currently watching this movie, I don't know. That's that's kind of how I read that scene because we don't have any other information right now to go on. Okay. that That's how I read it. Force Awakens brings Star Wars back in a good way. Absolutely. Brings it back uh, really happy with our villain. I'm going out with... Really happy with our good guys. Ryan Johnson, may the Force be with you, son. Oh, wait, hold up. Hold up, though. Dude, BB-8. We got to talk about the real star of the movie. Really? You want to talk about the robot? Dude, that robot got more emotional laughs, and it, it, that got almost all of the emotion. When, they, when the robot finds out that Poe is dead. <laughs> dude, I swear to God, that's the big remote. So many because people. Because it's like a puppy. At best laugh, BB, BB-8 gives the, the uh, thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> the lighter thumbs up was crazy. BB-8 man. is pretty awesome. And I was looking back at uh, Finn, like, "Hey, what do, what do I say? Uh, do, do I tell her where the rebel base is? I don't, I don't know what's going on." You know, on. something else they added to this movie that I kind of like is the force sound. Did you notice this? Oh, eh, well, no, they do, they do that. They do that in, in Empire where they have that rumbling. Of, you know, when Darth Vader starts throwing things at Luke. Yeah, but it's not like when Luke is just going to pull up the lightsaber or something. They do it a lot here. Yeah, they do do the... 
The Force has a sound now, guys. Well, dude, all the, I really liked all the sound effects I, in this movie. I just movie, said though. I like it. You know, like uh, even well, I'm not just saying this that one, uh, but also like the lightsaber, like I Kylo Ren's. Man, I love the sound of the gun on the Millennium Falcon when they're flying. That sounded flying. the same though. No, 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 no. When that cannon's going off on the bottom, that that's way deeper. Yeah, I mean, but it. It sounds it sounds like a beefier version, but it still sounds like that same thing from episode four. You know what I mean? That's just a good, good, rich sound mix. Although I did wonder, why did he not just go up to the other gun when the bottom gun stopped working? Maybe he didn't know it was there. It was the first time he was in the thing, and well, she he, said the gunner thing is down there. But I know, but the steps, like, the, the ladder goes up and down, so... I mean, presumably you could just look up. It would be right there. Up until the moment he got in the TIE fighter, he had only shot a blaster. I'm just saying all he had to do was when he looked to get up out of the gun, it would have been right there because Han and Luke were talking to each other and they could make eye contact with each other. Remember, don't get cocky, kid. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying he didn't know. (laughs) It was a really cool action sequence, though. That was amazing. I love seeing the Millennium Falcon fly through there like that. And then the... Yeah, when that gun gets stuck and she flips it over, that was a great action scene. And how man. she just like automatically knows how to fly it completely perfect and awesome. Oh wait, never mind. I'm not supposed to bring that up. <sighs> well, no, she does have some she does have some problems. Like I don't think I don't think she fucks up or does better than than Finn does. Like Finn seems like, you know, I mean, outside of the gun being damaged, he got it. I mean, she had some problems. Like, you know, she had problems getting the shields up. You know, they were working things out. That's because the Falcon was broken. Well, you know. And she didn't have a co-pilot. It is a piece of junk. <laughs> All right, the garbage will do. I love it now that, yes. like, I've seen the movie. And when you're watching, this, watching the sequence now, you can see it setting over there. You just don't recognize it until they do the big turn and reveal. Oh man, the minute the minute she said, "Oh, that's garbage." I was like, "Oh, it's Millennium Falcon." The minute they said that, I knew exactly what that well, ship was. Yeah, everybody did. Yeah, it was just like, "Oh, you could just oh, you could feel but the anticipation." A, but what I'm saying is like while they're running toward the other thing, if you look over there, you can see it sitting over. It's like for just a couple of frames. I mean, there's a lot of little hidden things though in this movie if you now, the thing look at the that background kills stuff. me is you got Simon Pegg playing that big junk dude. That's my least favorite alien in the whole movie. Mine too. It doesn't sound like Simon Pegg. No. Why did that need to be Simon Pegg? Uh, I, dude, I didn't even know that was Simon Pegg until after. Me either. But um, I knew he was in the movie, and then after the movie, I was like, what did he play? Yeah, I didn't even actually think about it until after. Now, has uh, it been confirmed yet? Was that Daniel Craig as the stormtrooper? Yeah, Daniel Craig's the stormtrooper who gets his uh, the Jedi mind trick pulled over on him. That's pretty cool. That was a pretty funny scene. You can kind of hear it when he when he goes up there and he's like, I'll, I'll tighten those straps. His blonde got into a stormtrooper outfit getting a little rough over there. All right, well, it sounds like we both really enjoyed the movie. Um, <laughs> Ryan Johnson, bring it to us. May the force be with you. Uh, there you go. So if you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the movie crew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E at the end, at gmail.com. Um, guys, if you could please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher, that would help us so much. We really appreciate that, as always. Um, we're actually going to play two songs off the soundtrack because I think this score is really good. We're going to start off with Ray's theme. And then after that, we are going to play Jedi Steps. 
and finale. Of course, this is composed by the very talented John Williams. Enjoy. Enjoy. 